You are listening to the Hope Public Schools Weekly Podcast. This podcast is produced by the Hope Public School District as a communication tool for students, parents, staff, and community. I want to welcome you to today's episode. I'm Hope Public School Superintendent, Dr. Bobby Hart. Today's episode is all about literacy. I sat down recently with our district curriculum specialist, Carla Narleski, and instructional facilitator from Clinton Primary, Ms. Lacey Robbins. In this two-part interview, we talk about the RISE initiative, the science of reading, and our district literacy plans. I hope you'll enjoy it. With us today, we have Ms. Carla Narleski. Carla, you are the uh, school Improvement Specialist and Curriculum Coordinator for Hope Public Schools. I want to welcome you to our podcast. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Well, uh, you have a huge job, uh, and it's an important job in our district, and that is to try to help teachers and students and administrators to uh, to improve student outcomes. Yes, sir. So uh, one of our wildly important goals as a school system is to improve uh, reading and computation, that every kid in our district will read and compute on grade level. That's one of our wigs, and we've talked about that in the past, and we talk about them all the time. What are some of the data around our literacy plans and literacy programs? Uh, We'll talk about math at another date, but let's focus on literacy right now. Well, currently, the ACTS Spire breaks down four categories for achievement, exceeding, ready, close, and in need of support. And although our data shows a couple of grades within the ready category, most of our grade levels score within the close category with two in need of support. So throughout the Hope District, our test results are showing that we have a deficit in reading and we need to focus on that even though progress has been made throughout the years. When you say a deficit in reading, uh, that's according to the ACT Aspire results. Yes, sir. Um, what are we doing uh, to improve those numbers? Well, we use a universal screener called Renaissance 360 in grades 2 through 12 in order to check skill deficits and the progress of students. And we identify students for interventions. And during our intervention time, we focus on individual skills of students that they need in order to be better readers and understand and comprehend the material that they're reading. You're, you're responsible. One of the things I think you're responsible for uh, in regard to literacy is collecting and help buildings formulate uh, a plan. And so what do those plans look like at each building? Does and, and, and how do, how do I know and, and parents know or the State Department know? How do they know that those plans are being fulfilled? But what do those plans look like and then how do we know they're being, being carried out? Well, each campus builds their own literacy plan based on their specific need area and a comprehensive need assessment. So in looking at their data, for instance, Clinton Primary, we know that phonics instruction is necessary to build strong readers. So we have a phonics first program and that is in our literacy program. Another strategy that we're using that is focused in our improvement plan is close reading. 
in which students are provided a text and they look and analyze this text for details and patterns. And so they can develop deep meaning of the text and the vocabulary within it. So to build all of the instructional plans for literacy, we focus on specific skills that students are needing and then build interventions around those skills. How do you figure out what those skills are? Just because we talked about this just yesterday, I think in a meeting that the ACT Aspire doesn't afford us with specific standards where students are lacking. How do you do that? We look at the Renaissance 360 data. We also look at pre and post test every three weeks within our curriculum units from benchmark literacy and engage ELA. And we have essential standards that we have identified through the use of the Arkansas State Standards that we believe all students should master at a specific grade level. So we use those standards along with the data from Renaissance and pre and post tests in our classrooms to identify which skills are necessary. Those, those pre and post tests aren't necessarily standardized. They're, and they're usually not standardized tests. They're usually teacher-generated exams, correct? They are teacher-driven exams. They use our curriculum and they create these common assessments. So if your child is in third grade and has teacher A, the same ex exam is being given in that classroom as the classroom down the hallway. So we wanna make sure we're aligned vertically and horizontally so that the computer doesn't just simply select the level of curriculum involvement that a student has, that if a kid is in Ms. Darleski's class, they're getting the same level of instruction and curriculum provided to them, the same curriculum is provided to them, excuse me, uh, that they were in Mr. Hart's class. That's right, in the same rigorous level throughout. That's, that's how do you, how do you and, and how do we as administrators, uh, how do you, how do you guarantee that that's happening? We are actually in the classrooms a lot. Principals give specific feedback to teachers based on observations. Our instructional facilitators and myself go into classrooms and observe teachers sit down in small groups or even one-on-one -on -one to make sure that everyone has the same high expectations for all learners. Also, our professional development plan addresses the needs of the teachers. So we've asked teachers, what do you need in order to be successful? And then we develop professional development around that. You've, and I'm getting, I gave you a list of questions and things we were gonna talk about, so I've thrown you a little bit of a curveball, I guess. But you've been in, this is your fourth year in the district, right? Yes, sir. How would you rate our progress as a district? And, and be honest about it now. You know, how would you rate our progress as a district in terms of uh, our literacy plans and our progress as far as uh, uh, toward our WIG? Everyone wants to achieve fast progress. They want to be the ultimate and the best. But slow and steady progress throughout is what is sustainable. And I believe that the Hope District has sustained the work that they're doing. We've made great progress and strides in writing and in our reading, although we're not to the level we want to be yet. I'm not sure any district is ever to the highest level they want to be. I think the main focus 
for the Hope Public School District in order to achieve even greater success is to tailor the interventions and to let parents know what they can work on and how they can help students at home also. But I'm very proud overall of the work that's being done. Well, we've made some great strides, and I think in no small part, that's that's the work that you've done in regard to curriculum uh, and instruction, and it's it's a, a, uh, uh, a lot of work that's been done by our other administrators, by teachers, by students, and by parents. What else, what would you, if you could tell parents and community members uh, about Hope Public Schools Literacy Plan, what would you want them to know and what would you want them to help you with? Well, first of all, you can find each literacy plan under the School Improvement Plan tab on our website. So I would encourage you to take a look at that. These documents are ever-evolving. We want them to change and grow as we grow. So take a look at those. We update them at least annually based on our school data, comprehensive data from the state, and our needs assessment. I encourage parents to read to their students daily and listen to them read to you. When you finish reading, ask questions. Have your child retell you the story, but make it an event in your home every day. We know that readers end up being leaders in the world, and that's what we want to develop here. Um, we've done a really good job, I think, of trying to invite the public in. Uh, is there any chance, what are some ideas that you might have about uh, taking school to the community? Do you got any thoughts on that? I think it would be great if we had, under the hub where they have the farmer's market, a reading night or a reading day and we bring in and do small groups of reading with parents and students and just have a community read night where everyone comes and they read and they enjoy a book and share what their favorite book is almost like a community-wide book club or yes sir okay cool anything else you would want parents I mean we prepare this podcast for parents and students and educators across our district um, what is there anything in particular you want to share with them before we leave? I encourage you to ask questions of your principals, of your teachers. Call me if you have a question about the curriculum. I'm more than happy to answer. And if you want to walk through the classrooms and for me to point out different aspects of our curriculum, let me know. I'm more than willing to do that. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to be with us. We know how busy you are. Well, let's just start. Uh, I want to talk about Rise, and what are we? Uh, what is, first of all, what is what is Rise? Because parents might be listening to this, and they not they don't know what Rise is. Well, Rise is the state reading initiative for student excellence, and it has three goals, which include to sharpen the focus and strengthen instruction, create community collaboration, and build a culture of reading. So, what does that look like? in day-to-day -day operations. I mean, what does that look like in our school system and in our community? Well, we're wanting students to be able to read fluently and enjoy reading. And we want our community to read to people and have a love and a passion for reading. And so the RISE initiative is helping us make sure that we have great skills for our students and teachers and strategies that teachers use within the classroom so that we read throughout our lifetime. 
Well, Lacey Robbins, an instructional facilitator at uh, Clinton Primary, is with us as well. Lacey, tell me, uh, what does the RISE initiative look like in your building? Um, well, RISE is about incorporating knowledge and practices in the classroom for the science of reading. Um, it really focuses on five essential parts of reading. Um, it's phonological awareness, phonics, vocabulary, fluency, and comprehension. So uh, I'm just going to go into each little part. Um, sure. Phonological awareness is kind of like the umbrella. It really deals with the sound of spoken, word, spoken words. So you go from large to small, from syllables all the way to onset and rhyme, and finally down to phonemes, which is individual sounds and words. Um, it involves sounds, not letters. When you add letters, then you move over to phonics. Um, and then we go to phonics. So in, at CPS, we actually do phonics first. Um, in order to be a proficient decoder, the instruction must include syllables, syllabication, and morphemes. Phonics is the relationship between letters and sounds. And then on vocabulary, we incorporate it through our literacy reading program and read-alouds. Um, you know, having a large vocabulary helps students for communicating and understanding. And then in fluency, fluency is also incorporated in our reading program. And we also do what you call quick reads where it de develops the fluency. And um, fluency is the ability to read smoothly and easily with a good pace, with good phrasing and expression. And then we have comprehension. Reading comprehension is extracting and construct constructing meaning through written language. Um, how do how if I, as a parent of a kid in Clinton Primary, how how do I help drive that phonics first piece? Yes. How do I help my kid at home? Um, you just really at home you help with the sounds, whatever skills their teacher is working with that student on. You just practice the skills at home, mm -hmm. and um, all you have to do is just you know email the teacher, and I'm sure the teacher will let them know. And and teachers, we our, do our teachers still give prescriptions to parent centers and such as that to help yes um they send home prescriptions every week where parents can come to the parenting center and check out materials to help them at home just I, you may not know off the top of your head what's the, what's the usage rate or how pre how what kind of usage are we getting out of those prescriptions uh how many parents are visiting the parent center uh, I'm, I'm not sure yeah i mean i would think that it'd be a pretty good number because i know we stay uh stay pretty busy um so we talked rise uh, is kind of the statewide initiative. Yes. And then it's based around the science of reading. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. So uh, you hear those two phrases thrown around a lot. What is the science of reading? Well, the science of reading is the five parts that Lacey discussed previously. But we're wanting strategies, and it's working with students to understand how words flow together to develop a meaning and to develop the understanding of a text. So when we start talking about the science of reading for upper grades, we're wanting students to be able to analyze a text, pull out words that they do not know, figure out what those words mean by using different strategies from their work and also looking at words around them to develop a meaning of an unknown word. So, Lacey, at the younger grades, at the lower grades, um, the science of reading, we talk about phonics first is mm -hmm. our building block. Yes. Okay, and that's the curriculum we use to, to develop that phonics piece. 
what do we do to develop? Are those five steps? Are they layered one on top, scaffolded on one one on top of the other? Or and so um, how do we how do we move from step to step to step? Yes. Um. On in K and first grade, they do what the science of reading talks about: decodable text, and they use decodable text to kind of transition. And then once they get a little bit higher, then they move on to levelized reading. And some of it's layered and some of it's intertwined together. Okay. What's, explain the difference. Um, so like um, when students need just to work on the sound structure of the phonological awareness, and then once they master that, then they move up the continuum to phonics. Okay. And what challenges do you see here in the classroom as much or more than some classroom teachers are probably. Um, what are some challenges that teachers encounter in regard to the RISE initiative and the science of reading? And, and, and what are some things that you see? Um, one of the, the biggest problems was, you know, really the lack of knowledge, and that's where the science of reading is coming in by providing the trainings every year to help build that knowledge and foundation in teachers. And, and how many and you work with third grade? Third and fourth grade. Third and fourth grade literacy. Um, how are we progressing in regard to our staff receiving that uh, science of reading training? Do you have any idea so far? Um, a majority of our staff, have ha they've had the RISE training. We only have a few that really not have it. Started. Mm -hmm. okay. I know I'm trying to get a little bit of it piece by piece and... and just through IDEA, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting work. It's um, a, providing the teachers with great resource and knowledge that they need. That's great. Carl, um, from a community standpoint, um, you mentioned earlier, you know, what can we do as a community to, to push that love of reading? Um, what, what can parents do to, to help their kid. You talk about it. We always say read to their child. But can you share some of that data on why it's so important to read with their child? Well, the data shows that students who read on average 20 minutes a day score in the 90th percentile of state testing. This is around 1,800,000 words that they read within a school year. Students who only read five minutes a day score in the low 10th percentile. So that's student reading. Is that the same thing as parent reading to the student? Or it's, is that just the student It's the reading? student reading. And reading can be anything from a book to a sign when you're going to Walmart. Read Kraft Mac and Cheese. Read the word great value. Students will make connections with that and then they're automatically becoming readers. And you can start this immediately when your child begins to speak point out words to them as you're going along every day what about um training to help teachers apart from the rise piece rise mm -hmm. training or the science of reading what it, what other trainings are we involved in that help teachers teach reading is that a fair question well, our K-6 program has benchmark literacy, and all of the facilitators in our district, K-6, have been trained as trainers for this literacy program. And it has many components, such as 
read aloud, think alouds, where the teacher is reading a, a text and thinking about what might happen next and making predictions. And also whole group, small group instruction. Lacey, what else? Um, on the, Usually on the third week, it has a reader's theater where that kind of builds a love for reading. It gets the kids really excited, mm -hmm. and they get to perform. So they really love that aspect of it. Uh, and I've heard the conversation about reader's theater a couple different times. What does that look like? I mean, because we talk about it all the time, and I've heard the expression, but I've, I've never had the opportunity to sit in and see it and observe it. What does it look like? Um, reader's theater, it's kind of like a play, I guess you could say, where each kid has a part, and it really focuses on fluency, vocabulary, and comprehension. So each kid has a part, and they just practice reading it, and then they perform. Okay. So you're actually working on speaking and listening, sure. too. Okay, cool. Well, um, I appreciate you guys coming by to see me today. I know y'all are extremely busy. But uh, I want to know what uh, what progress you've seen in the last two to three years, or if you have seen progress at Clinton uh, in your grade level in regard to reading reading abilities. Anybody? We've seen progress, and it takes time to build fluent readers. But I believe over the course of the past. This is our third year with Benchmark Literacy and Phonics First. We've seen many students who have built a love of reading, and the data is showing that we're having fewer students retain due to reading goals being met. And so there's our progress right there. And um, our Dibble scores actually look better than they've looked in three years. And we were looking today at... Uh, NWEA. NWEA scores for K2, and um, those looked a lot better in math and in literacy. Those, those, you know, for the beginning of the year test, mm -hmm. um, those were, were, were some pretty good numbers. So that means that we're probably starting to hit our stride in kindergarten and one, grades one and two. Uh, so I think we'll continue to see that, that uptick. Tell me about what you, your, how, I know this is kind of off the subject, but it's your universal screener. All right. Um, how do you how do teachers use it, and how do you what's it what's it used for, and then you know what does it look like? At the high school level, and actually starting at Burl Henry, the Universal Screener Renaissance Three Hundred and Sixty, or we sometimes call it Star, we use this test for interventions and building interventions. It actually shows us skills that students are missing and then we have interventions built during the day to address those skills for specific students. So the like the data we looked at with uh, NWA, you're doing the same thing with, with, with the STAR assessment. Yes, and they repeat and take another STAR assessment usually about every four to six weeks in order to change intervention groups. Now, in third and fourth grade, we use Dibbles and STAR. And we use Dibbles uh, depending on where the student scores. It kind of helps determine what specific interventions the students need. Mm -hmm. And then we use STAR to determine their levels. So when we're doing small groups, we know around what level to put them. So that, and that's all part of your RTI plan? Yes. It's all built into mm -hmm. your RTI A couple of announcements 
for the week of September 30th through October 4th. On October 1st, our Dyslexia Take Flight program graduation will be held in Hempstead Hall at 6.30 p.m. on the campus of the University of Arkansas at Hope, Texarkana. On October 2nd, all campuses in the Hope Public School District will release early beginning at 1 p.m. On October 3rd, Hope High School Freshman Parents College and Career Pathways meeting will be held in the Hope High School cafeteria beginning at 4.30 p.m. A reminder that flu immunizations will be offered on each campus in the Hope Public School System again this year. Campus flu clinics will be held on October the 7th at Yerger Middle School, October the 8th at Clinton Primary and the ABC Pre-K. Burl Henry will host his clinic on October 9th in the morning at Hope High School that afternoon. The Hope Academy of Public Service will hold its flu clinic on October the 10th. Contact HPS District Nurse Renee Sales or your building principal for additional information. A reminder that an after-school program is currently underway at Yerger Middle School. All students are invited to attend and participate. For more information, contact YMS Principal Mr. Mike Radebaugh. A reminder that community readers are always, community volunteers are always needed to read the classes at Clinton Primary School each Friday. Interested individuals should contact Ken McLemore, HBS Communications Director, online to sign up. And lastly, the Hope Public Schools, in association with Farmers Bank and Trust, has launched the Dolly Parton Imagination Library Program in Hempstead County. The initiative provides free books to children new, age newborn through five years who enroll through the Hope Public Schools. Contact HPS Administration at 777-2251 for additional information. That's all for this week's podcast. I want to say thank you to Ms. Narleski and to Ms. Robbins for their time and their willingness to sit down and visit with us. And I also want to say thank you to you for listening and for thank you, as always, for believing in Hope Public Schools.